What's up, guys? It's your boy, Johnny Bananas, and I'll be covering all the treachery, deceit, backstabbing, and murder from season two of The Traders U.S. on my podcast, Death, Taxes, and Bananas. I'll be joined all season by my fellow castmates to swap stories, provide all the behind-the-scenes antics, and sordid details from filming. So sally forth and join me for season two of The Traders every Saturday on the Ringer Reality TV podcast feed. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian, tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. You guys were chanting, this is awesome. Yeah. Yeet. I don't like that. No. I had to do some research really quick. I have to finish the story. All the nostalgia freaks out there are going to want the map. I'm in on this idea, but only if heard worldwide. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Wednesday Worldwide. Worldwide? A proud member of the faction known as the Ringer Wrestling Show. My name is Ben Cruz, and I'm a producer here at the Ringer. And with me, as always, are my tag team partners, senior editor at TheRinger.com, Cal Davenport, and of course, the super producer here at the Ringer, Mr. Brian H. Waters. You guys, it's Royal Rumble week. Real quick, what is your favorite... Royal Rumble moments or or memory. It doesn't have to be the best Rumble or anything like mm-hmm. that. Just just the moment that you think about first whenever you hear Royal Rumble. <laughs> I'm I'm old, so mm-hmm. I I used to I remember the the lottery, the 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 bingo big thing with yes, the balls, sir. and they would actually mm. go in there and pick their number and get pissed off like that it, it's that because that was also the era where they would have the the card the the posters for the show there was these ill like j- drawings where like all the pro wrestlers like walking down the street and like i don't know i i was so into the wwf back then and it was because of pay-per-views like this there you go okay hollywood man i think about 99 because mm. to me like that's one of the stacked ones obviously you know, mankind in a rock, but Austin and McMahon from mm. starting off one and two, going all the way to the back. There's a hundred thousand dollar bounty on Stone Cold Steve Austin's head, <laughs> and right. then the fact you had like everybody was like, you know, X Pac after he retained the European Championship against Gangrel, talking about oh, I'm gonna get that hundred grand, and everybody's <laughs> like, you know, whether you're a good guy or a bad guy, everybody wanted to throw out Stone Cold Steve Austin, so um. You know, that's one of my favorite moments. I, I, I And I just think, like, it made the Royal Rumble important because, obviously, you know, it was a championship opportunity on the line. But Vince McMahon hated Stone Cold Steve Austin that much. And you start to understand this stuff when you work in a um, not-so-friendly corporate world. But Vince hated Austin so much that he put up $100,000 for anybody who threw him over the top rope. It's so funny when you just the, that <laughs> sentence alone, explaining that to someone who's not a wrestling fan right. is, is <laughs> probably an insane sentence. Uh, but oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Speaking of Vince, mine is also Vince related, yeah. but mm-hmm. it's him tearing his quads. I, <laughs> I just, are we, Van, Van was, ironically, Van was tweeting about this last night uh, on, on Twitter, obviously. I guess he had just seen it or was, you know, he's playing catch up, right? Right, mm-hmm. right. Mike, this dude really tore everything. He was he was legit mad, like the storming down to the ring and then storming just down, yeah. But the, tearing the, the, everything like, is nuts. The guy who who's probably the most upset at every botch and mistake that people make, 
he can't didn't even get into the ring and seriously injured him. He he he's just like ah, it's such a memorable moment. <laughs> and the refs so looking good. around too, wondering what do you do? What do, what do we what do what do we do? Because something already happened that wasn't supposed to, and now this is another thing that wasn't <laughs> supposed to happen. And, and it's our bot. It's it's so funny uh, just watching Classic. it back. And hearing, I, I was listening to Edge talk about it too, and just him watching it from the back. And then he, he said he beelined the hell out of there because he knew Vince was about to go, you know, ape shit once he got to the back. Oh right. my god, it's a, it, it's a, it's a core memory. Yeah, and then Shane, you know, ran it back <laughs> this past oh, year yeah. by accident <laughs> too. Um, shout out to Snoop Dogg for uh, shout out to Snoop. Snoop and, ultimate one of the best performer. Imp- yeah, one of the best improv performances I've seen. Just an improv history. <laughs> didn't y'all? But like when we were sitting there, didn't y'all first think Shane was working? Like the way he yes. felt. Yes. Oh, he I, misstepped. I didn't know it was again. I went. This was Shane McMahon. I was. I think I was going to get some hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I I got I got up so fast for that moment. So I, I remember walking back to our set because I figured out like it was Sunday, so I figured out where everything was and so far. Yeah. I. I, I it was kind of a hike, but it was easy to get around. So I was on the way back, and I was like, "Wait, That's what's Snoop so doing? What, what's, what's Snoop <laughs> doing? Dropping the people's elbow on uh, on Shane McMahon? I missed it all. I missed it all. Put I the people's elbow down. in quotes. That was just mm-hmm. a flying elbow. <laughs> it was just a flying elbow. He knew yeah. what he was doing. He knew, he knew what he was doing. Shout out to Snoop. Shout out to the McMahons for uh, and their quads. I guess you know, <laughs> for, <laughs> <Ouch>. <laughs> providing us with just so much entertainment. Uh, but let's kick things off here the right way with some high spot headlines and you know the deal i'm going to read out some of the most interesting headlines of the week in the world of professional wrestling whoever wants to tag in and let their thoughts fly will let it fly first up on high spot headlines nick khan thinks the wwe audience gets bigger with a drive to survive type documentary on netflix now of course this is off the heels of WWE and Netflix's massive announcement yesterday, uh, you know, that they, you know, Raw will be moving there starting in 2025. A lot of money being thrown around, but it's, it's, it's interesting. When you, when you hear Nick Khan talk about this type of doc uh, on Netflix, and, and look, there have been plenty of wrestling documentaries. There's a ton of them on Peacock right now. Brian H. Waters, is this something that you think would attract more mainstream or casual fans in in the similar way that drive to survive did for f1 i think so um wrestling is so much storytelling so much complex and i think when people get out of their minds of are they really hitting each other are they really hurting each other and they dump jump into the story part of it i think this would be definitely something that'll bring people more into it you think about the iron claw the Iron mm-hmm. Club, you know, is a movie that's based around wrestling, but it's a family movie in a sense of about brothers that love each other and one brother surviving all the tragedy. You just had Adele talk about how great Zach Efron's performance was and how much yeah. she loved the movie. So I'm when you read this headline, I'm thinking about People who love wrestling and may have stepped away from it a little bit, jumping back out and saying, oh, man, I watched this documentary. Y'all need to watch this. You know, think about the number one voice in wrestling right now, Van Lathan. Uh One of the biggest quotes he had was he thought he thought he outgrew wrestling. He realized he didn't the same way he realized you don't outgrow the NBA. So I think people will really start to resonate with that message. So I'm really excited about this. Cal, are, are you in on this type of doc? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm notoriously um I'm I'm a fan of documentaries in general, but I'm I'm I try and watch as much pro wrestling in, in documentary form as I can just because it's you you're always going to you're learning more about this sport that we're kind of always trying to learn more about. So when right. they, when they give you access to to uh What's going on behind this behind the curtain? It's always interesting to me. Um, but I think you know, and to kind of piggyback on what Brian's saying, but in a different direction, I actually mm-hmm. think when I hear things like this, I think of um, not just the HBO uh, or, or Showtime when they do like the uh, 
was the 24 sevens with the, with, with the boxers, but more so. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of, I mean, really it's kind of what's going to be premiering next week on Hulu. Shouts out to Bianca and Montez. But I think of like, you know, total divas and things like that and how it turned into total Bellas. And, and I, I know a lot of women. There are a lot of women who are pro wrestling fans in the internet wrestling community who specifically point to total divas as a touch point, not just for them, but for, a lot of their friends who may not have been pro wrestling fans. Who right. May, right. It's a, I th- and I think that's part of the thing with pro wrestling. It's like, it's presented as nowadays sports entertainment. But back in the day, it was just presented as a shoot. That's how, if you didn't know what pro wrestling was, that's what it looked like. When you hear that it's predetermined mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call the nature of pro wrestling, that's when people start saying fake. But I think it's because you're not able, there was never any touch point to understand the person. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. something like this where, yes, the entry point is pro wrestling, but we're learning about particularly why Liv Morgan is the way that she is when she's a pro wrestler or why Bianca Belair is wants to sew her own. Like, I think there's a lot of stories that we don't get because it's not part of the character that I think more people would latch onto if it was in a seasonal format. Like, I think somebody scrolling, they may see something ill in a pro wrestling match in, like, a a thumbnail on Netflix and be driven to click on it if they know that it's six episodes, eight episodes of that person's life outside of the ring as well. Right. Yeah, and and to that point, I mean, I think something like this would definitely work. I mean, one, it just makes too much sense, right, with the partnership now. Um, Yeah. They're going to figure out different ways to create content on there. But also... I mean, F1, again, is, is a very, at least here, you know, in America, a very mm-hmm. niche interest and a niche sport, right? Like, it's huge all over the world, obviously. Huge globally. Mm-hmm. Um, wrestling is still very, also very niche, right? And yeah. I think that's that's what drew a lot of people to the to Drive to Survive was it was the fact that, one, they don't know a lot about it. So they were, you know, almost being educated on the sport as a whole. But to your point, Cal, like, and, and Brian, too, the storylines are in the drama within that is really what ropes people in. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> Any F1 person I talk to or a newer F1 fan is really mm-hmm. just all about what's happening behind the scenes, the drama, the storylines. Right. You know, they're into the, the driving really fast <laughs> and, you know, racing through Las Vegas Boulevard or whatever. But it's really the storylines that are gripping to them. And it just makes too much sense that. WWE or you know just the peek behind the curtain of what happens in WWE there's a shit ton of drama and storylines that happen yeah. behind the scenes that you uh, the three of us are privy to right because we we read the dirt sheets right uh, if you will but yeah. you know even in in current documentaries you see some you know some struggles some uh, some of that but you never see like the actual it, again if if there's video out there of of the punk bucks Omega uh, altercation. Right. I, I'm watching that all day, every day. <laughs> you know what DJ I mean? Who kid has it? He was talking about it on the radio. Originally. Right. He was back there. But yeah, and I hear you. I, so I, if something like that comes about, it's it, it'll be super interesting too. Even just non wrestling fans, it has to be. But I, I and it's also how you package it, right? Like, and and this is where you know the the layers of Nick Khan and WWE's brilliance right now. Like, currently they. Shouts out to writing words about uh, WWE and, and and Raw getting bought by uh, or be getting purchased by Netflix for billions of dollars. WWE right now has a has something like NXT, right? They, they're working in the Performance Center every now and again. Take some cameras in there, get some backstage you know situations, some real conversations with a Trick Williams or a or a Jada Parker or a, a Lexus King. You know what I mean? Talking about developing their character talking about what it's like being you know an exit exit generation star you know trying to come up you know after you know in, in the shadow of your father something like i think there's so many and they could sell that to netflix and then be like and then watch the show on the cw like it's it's so it, the wwe as an entity is so unique right now in terms of you know the the different ways they can reach and extend their content. Like you start to see why Endeavor wanted to create the TKO group to, yeah. you know, make some, make those types of uh, 
of uh, organizations possible because then you're selling packages to Netflix who can then t- tr- think I, if if a, if a drive to survive like NXT show pops off think of how many more people will then be tuning in to NXT on the yeah. th- like it's it's just it's a really unique universe that they can kind of just throw content out and then just have it feed it feed back on itself yeah i mean and again the fact that they were able to make obviously this was on on cable but the fact they were able to, WWE was able to make a show like you know Miz and Mrs which you know yes. would go on after raw work just shows that again that that's just you know you're hoping people like bleed into that and just keep watching it the, the fact that they could kind of package this uh, yeah. on Netflix, like a WWE specific, you know, you tap on it and it's just all WWE programming and you, you know, you kind of expose that content to, a, you know, a whole other group of people. Uh, I think it, it just makes so much sense. And, and again, I, I, who, I think Brian, you sent this in, into our, our group chat yesterday about Nick Khan and just his way of thinking. Uh, I think it was a, a good friend uh, on Twitter, John Alba. Uh, shouted out Nick Khan just said he's he's one of the most important people uh, in pro wrestling or in WWE and it's hard to argue with that right because of, mm-hmm. because of the way that he's thinking about this uh, and, and just the programming as a whole and if you listen listen to him talk to you know he he brings in the real sports you know analogies all the time where you know Vince when he would talk about WWE uh, outside of that you know or to the outside world. He couldn't really draw those comparisons, so it was really hard. You know, his his brain was just pro wrestling, and that that was fine for like the time. The evolution of how Nick Khan is thinking about this stuff is wild, right? And because he comes from that world, uh, and it, it just makes a whole lot of sense. Shout out to John Alba for for you know that thought, but it's it, it's hard to argue with it. You know what I mean? Then, I'm sure there will be people who do, but it's, it's getting really really tough no, at this point. The, the thing is, you can't argue with it, and I will say. I will double down on something I'm always say. That's why you need to have certain people in the room. It's it's for years it was I always felt like it was a WWE's detriment to where they would they would you can never you knew something a trend was over if somebody was on WWE programming saying and I'm not talking about yeet. But in the yep. past they it it felt like they were like just that late on things and and then they would kind of run with it and it would look kind of awkward. Get, and I'm no disrespect, but you, when you, you see what happens, when you get yeah. people in the room, who people who understand the situation, whether it's, you know, whoever's writing for the New Day, whoever's working on trying to turn your, you know, global company into whatever you want to call it. Like, WWE is like, <laughs> they're reaching in the dust. I don't want to be too hyperbolic, but there's a lot going on. It feels like, you know, global may be universal. I don't know what you want to call it, but you need certain people who can understand how those things work in the room. Yep. They're going to bring in billions of dollars. Think of how many checks have been coming in to the WWE since they went public. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like, you got to have certain people who understand that. And it's it's only increased over the last, I don't know what time you, since they got the Fox deal with, with with smackdown i don't know i don't know when you would want to the network i don't know when you would want to pinpoint the time but uh it feels like there's been a lot of acceleration in their growth yeah in the modern time mm-hmm. we'd love to see just a timeline now of that second day of mania yesterday up until basically yesterday <laughs> because the timeline of things that they've accomplished and you know not even a full calendar year is right it, it might be wild to see if you kind of list it out but the five um, hour video on youtube with all the i'm saying the time stamps i can't wait yeah it, <laughs> it'll, it'll be wild next up on high spot headlines drew mcintyre says this is the most compelling character wise i felt in a long time cal i'll start with you on this one uh you know Drew, drew's in an interesting spot interesting situation you know contract situation doesn't seem to be fully resolved at this point it looks like after mania is you know his deal is up but first i guess we'll start here do you agree with his stance on his character at this moment in time on, on the lead up to Mania? wholeheartedly i it, again we, we talk because we're a year into this you know i think about what we've done in this past year and Drew was another one of those ones that was was up at the superstore talking with with with, with the ring yeah. wrestling show, you know, and uh, he was speaking frankly. I mean, he wasn't going crazy, but you know, he he was definitely being honest about 
wanting to not be wrestling for a mid-card title, really feeling that he need he had another world title run in him. And um you met you earlier you 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 referenced uh that that second day of mania. I remember the conversations around that second day of mania, and a lot of the talk was Drew maybe taking some time off. He's not really been feeling mm-hmm. it. He's been injured, and it's it's really only been since around the, whenever he started really working with the new with the new day with the Judgment Day that his his uh and his attitude has shifted. That it's really been this compelling you know character work that he's he's referring to. So yeah, I I don't think you can look at what he's doing now and think that this. As a storyline for Drew McIntyre in his career right now, this is the most tapped in that the character's been to where he is as a as a performer in the company right now. I enjoy. Yeah, that. I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm always drawn back to uh, Sir Wilkins's you know, uh, his hotline call from a couple months ago, just saying <laughs> this dude should never be world champion ever again, uh, and. <laughs> From, a lot of people at that, that way. At, right. And, you know, at that time, probably the correct thought. Uh, just It's it's interesting to see where he's gone now. Brian, right. where where do you see Drew's storyline going? Yeah, obviously, there, a lot's going to happen on Saturday at the Rumble that will, you know, inform his actual direction. But going into Mania, what is it that you hope that he'll see and or that he'll 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 be included in? And, you know, how, what are you hoping for, for Drew McIntyre here? Uh, he's the heel that I think needs to be champion. Um, you look at, even if, um, even if he's a transitional champion, uh, you know, I just did a piece on the TikTok about the Iron Sheik. We celebrated 40 years of Hogan yesterday, and Iron mm-hmm. Sheik is, I deem, the most important transitional champion. I think Drew could make a tr- great transitional champion if you want to go to a run, and say a situation where you flip Damian Priest to a babyface, I think Drew could serve as that transitional champion, hold the title for a few months, and I think he could get Priest to where he needs to be. Uh, mm. Because I I think that when you see him, he just looks so mean and nasty. And I feel like we got shades of this character when he was with Dolph Ziggler. It yeah. just never yeah. fully... You know, he was in the background. He was essentially the diesel, the muscle. Right. And now I feel like he can go full throttle with this. Yeah, I mean, I think what re- I mean, I- I've always felt in the last couple of weeks anyway that he was just kind of an you know an ancillary piece to this whole main event picture. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what kind of changed my mind, which shouldn't be it is not. A, I don't think it's a hot take at all. Just when he stood in, in the ring and went toe-to-toe with Punk on the mic, mm-hmm. where you're like, in theory, uh, on paper, Punk should have destroyed this dude, right? right? Because that's just, that's Punk's strength. And when he stood, he kind of kept up. And, you know, mm-hmm. he's doing the laying on, on the top rope, on the, the turnbuckle yeah, thing. Yeah, no, yeah, they went back like, and forth. Oh, you, you, you're, you're that dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. his actual like, thing with um, his gripes, too, about, you know, he he carried the company um, on his back during the pandemic. He was a champion, uh, and, and he never got that crowd pop. Obviously, he got it at the Rumble that year, but he never got you know the mania in person pop, and that's what he's searching for. And right. that's mm-hmm. like sort of the discourse around his championship run, right? Which was it was it was good for the time. It just kind of ran its course, which was unfortunate. It obviously wasn't his fault. Right? He was dealing with like the entire world was trying to it's figure out what was on, happening. Yeah. Um, but man, he's uh, it's it's he's, he's I feel like he's still in this in between because you're right. I mean, if he does end up, you know, winning the title, winning the world heavyweight title at some point here, hmm. um, that'd be interesting. Uh, and but yeah, it's like. As a transitional champion, if he is a transitional mm-hmm. champion, mm-hmm. is that is that good for him? Is is that what he wants? I, I don't know. It's, he's like, a, he's like in a weird spot. He's like in one of the yeah. weirdest spots in the whole roster. What what's the weird spot? That it may be too late for some t- for some of that stuff right now. Spot. I mean, we got to remember. Just, it, it, I, he was the man. It just so happened, like you said, that the world was shut down. He couldn't tour, but he was the man for a minute. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, 
He was re- he probably had more matches than anybody on the card because he was doing yeah. the the solo match and he would do like a a six man or a tag match on the same card. So he would he and he he paid the price. He was definitely hurting from that. But I right now it's mm-hmm. tough for me to see Drew McIntyre being a world champion for a while. Like like yeah. with, with Cody or especially if he's going to be a transitional. You already mm-hmm. mentioned Damian Priest. Cody's out there. Uh, Jay Uso was around, and they, they every time they talk about Jay Uso, they're talking about where he's supposed to be in that main event. Like, there's names out there that I think could immediately have static with Drew McIntyre and take that title, especially if we're in this WrestleMania time. We are going overseas, so that that that, that does make sense. I could Drew McIntyre as a champion in Berlin. We're going to Berlin, right? I I I could see something like that happening, but longer than three months. The roster stack. It's it's, it's it, it, someone it's said that there wasn't any depth. I don't know. There's there's some depth on that, that roster. You just gotta be in the right area. No depth. I, I would argue the complete opposite. I think there's too much depth. Too much. Right? There's too much. There's going too on. much and not enough spots for people, which is very interesting. Uh, an interesting spot for WWE to be in. Uh, last one here on high spot headlines. Santino Morella says TNA is working on trying to get a big TV deal. TNA is kind of, you know, a little bit of a a resurgence, I would say, um, in terms of interest level, right? Because obviously they've switched back to TNA for being Impact. Nick Nemeth is now there. They've they've apparently got a lot of interest from a lot of other former WWE and AEW guys and girls. Specifically, you know, I saw, saw Mace. Mansoor, uh, was you know seen backstage. Sean Spears, Cal, where is your current appetite for for more TNA? Because I mean they they seem to be doing the damn thing over there. Yeah, it's it's probably the highest. I think if it, they need a TV deal, but that's been my thing with TNA slash Impact for when when was the last time? When did they go head to head with WWE? It was it was over a two thousand ten. It's, it's yeah, been, like the mid two thousands. Yeah, when they had TV deals, it was never really the right deal, especially when they lost some of their bigger ones. So yeah, I I've been waiting for this, but now I mean, like you said, you mentioned Nick Nemeth. I don't know what Trinity's situation is. If you look online, it, she seems to be th- out of there. Some this video Thursday's saying goodbye. Yeah, it could be the last one. So yeah, yeah. I, but I it it fe- I I wonder if it's the time. Like you know, we just they just celebrated five years of AEW. Um, there could be people who don't want to be on AEW who can't be at WWE right now. And you mentioned Mason Monsoor. You mentioned, you know, Trinity, Nick Nemeth. There's a number of names who have been, Mickey James, who have been in the WWE before. And I always hear that there's there's an open door between WWE and TNA, mm. at, at least open enough to have Mickey James be a knockouts champion, wrestle at a Rumble. So, you know, I, I could the title. With the title, With the title. made it a storyline on their TV and then was on WWE YouTube talking about that. So I could see, um, you know, it, it, that being an attractive offer for people who maybe aren't, that used to be in WWE, can still work and maybe want to prove that there's still some more gas in the tank. Because if TNA can get on TV and, and get a leg up on some of, you know, some of this other competition, it could be an attractive offer for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Right. And let's say they, they do get on TV. Let's just uh, throw out a channel. Uh, USA. Let's say they fill this raw spot. I know, obviously, wow. it might not be there because SmackDown's <laughs> going to be there. But let's just say USA. Brian, uh-huh. how much time are you are you committing to a, the full TNA show every week? If they're on, are oh, wow. you adding that to your plate of wrestling consumption? Uh, if they can put it on Thursdays at seven and not Thursdays at eight, <laughs> you know, kind of occupied usually around that time. Um, appointment viewing, but you know, um, I would say I, I'm 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 being because with them, I know that I get compelling stories. Yeah, not too much over the top stuff. Sometimes, uh, yeah, Sometimes. but you know, and one of the things they said is they're island of misfits. You know, yeah. and, yeah. and I, I love, always been a fan of the women's wrestling over there. Killer they Kelly. It, yeah. Get, and, 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 you know, I mean, Jordan Grace is cooking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tasha Chris Steels. Bay. I'm a huge oh, Chris and, Bay guy. Yeah. Stashing Chris Bay, man. So, yo, Chris yeah. Bay is the man. Um, I don't know. If, did you get a chance to talk to him at Wally Mania? You know, I know y'all both being 
uh, sneakerheads. <laughs> that's I, a conversation. I, we did I, not link up, but that's the homie. That's the homie. Yeah. Yeah. He was my first ever pro wrestling interview. Like back okay. to pre, pre-ringer days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's dope. Pre-ringer days. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, but, you know, being able to see him have a platform because right. thing is like AEW and, and I don't mean to like get on them all the time, but sometimes it's too many wrestlers, too many shows. Uh-huh. And not enough compelling stories. Like I'm so tired of seeing Queen Ava not a job, but uh, that's a different yes. story. That's um, a but but TNA, I know that just watching it the last few months, at least the highlights, I should say, I've been very satisfied. I know Speedball Mike Bailey, somebody that uh, Shoemaker's been putting over since. So yeah. you put them on TV, they got a viewer right here. Um, hey. You know, hey. it, it, because we've seen like there was a time, and I will say. I didn't appreciate it, but also didn't like a lot of stuff that they were doing at the time. But right. there was a time when they had the television, when they had the video games, they had right. the merchandise in stores. And I think it's like when you sit back and think about it, they may be in the modern era, as we like to say, the second longest reigning company. No, oh, yeah. Yep. They just you know? ce- it's, they just celebrated 20 years, right? I think it was, yeah. this year is 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, put, put them back on TV and, and I'll watch. That. They got that real rap over there. They, they I, I have not seen it yet, but uh, Will Ospreay, Josh Alexander, two, I guess, happened last week. Their first match yeah. was such a banger, just and they, casually. that's for free. <laughs> casually amazing. And out when when Josh Alexander was their champion during the pandemic, the the speedball Mike Bailey match between uh, him. There's an that's a full match that's on their YouTube. Uh, there's also speedball Mike Bailey and Kenny King. They had a, a no ropes pit fight. Uh, during the pandemic, and that's an ill fighter. Go through those archives over the last couple of years. Impact has really got some stuff, but Chris Bay is Bullet Club over there, and that's like all you really yeah, need to yeah. know. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I mean, uh, the Island of Misfits is is a almost a perfect way to describe what they have over there, and I don't mean that as a slight. I mean that in no, the yeah. best way right, possible right. because I there's a lot of guys and girls over there who you know, we, we watched in WWE and AEW and you were fans of, they just never got enough time. I mean, right. the, the one guy I'm most interested to see how, what he does over there specifically is Nick Nemeth. I was just a big Dolph guy and, and I, I might've been alone on Dolph Island, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I just thought he was, he was good. I thought he was really good. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that he's over, I mean, that reaction that he got to his debut at hard Huge. to kill was, was massive. Again, I think we talked about this on, on last show or the show before his, mm-hmm. That debut did a million views on YouTube. Like that's that's mm-hmm. not nothing, right? right? right. This it, it just reminds me of the time when Christian first went over there. Christian Cage went over there from WWE. Mm-hmm. I was just always a bigger Christian guy than an Edge guy for whatever reason. When there during their time in WWE, and then when he went over there and just became a legit world champion, uh, right. I was I was all about it. You know, I was the run, belt yeah, was always weird to me because it was kind of small, it looked like a bracelet to me. But uh, <laughs> other than that, it was just it was just great times. And I mean, this uh, is the most interested I've been in TNA in a while because for the last couple of I don't know, maybe like a year and change, it's just been I've been checking in on the Chris Bay scene, you know, yes. seeing whatever he's doing because that that dude is freaking incredible. And the world title scene, you know, Josh Alexander was doing his thing for him mm-hmm. to relinquish the title and everything else. But yeah, yeah, they're uh, if if they get a TV deal. I don't. I mean, I'm. Uh, they're already on my YouTube TV DVR, but it's always, it's on some like weird channel. That, yeah, yeah it's, you know. See, and I don't have it. Wait, <laughs> yeah. See, I have to see if it's on because I just got YouTube TV, but I didn't realize. Wait, it's on some weird channel, and I think it, it depends on what package you have. But it yeah, that's be what I, was, I don't know. I don't know what I got to figure it out. I got. I got to get YouTube YouTube TV. That's a tax write off too. Hey, hey we, th- no free hey. plugs, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk about it when I'm sponsored. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Come, YouTube TV, come at us. <laughs> Worldwide. Worldwide. <laughs> All right, we're we're gonna go compare YouTube TV plans, and then we're gonna welcome our special guest right after this. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience—the formula for winning championships—is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, 
your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. And we are back. It is now time to welcome our special guest to today's episode of Wednesday Worldwide. He's one of the best illustrators and artists we've ever had the honor of working with. He's done countless pieces of art across all verticals here at The Ringer. He happens to be a massive, massive wrestling fan, so we are claiming him as one of our own. Uh, he's done fire piece after fire piece for places like Mattel, WWE, and most recently for the cover of the 40 years of WrestleMania edition of WWE 2K24, which is releasing March 5th, three days earlier than the standard edition. He's the one, the only, Jonathan Bartlett. Bartlett, welcome to Wednesday Worldwide. How the hell are you? Uh, what an honor. What an honor to be in the worldwide universe. I, I, I don't tell don't tell the rest of the crew, but I low-key think you guys are number one spot. <laughs> Whoa! Uh, I'm just I'm just I'm just gassing you. No, I'm not gassing you up. No, is great. I love you guys know I love all y'all. I love the all three pods. Um I love seeing it from behind the scenes mostly. Uh you know, on the art side and in other ways with the website. But yeah, no, this is such an honor. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here with y'all. Um, so happy to talk about all the fun, the fun uh, art side of wrestling and as the, the graph. Dude, yeah, I mean, you've, you've had quite the week because you kind of teased this last week. I remember on, on Instagram and I, I hit you with the the two eyes emoji and you just, you, you, you had a little sly response. I was like, what's happening here? And then obviously, you know, it, it comes out. And like I mentioned during the intro, uh, you, you designed the cover art for the, the 40 years of WrestleMania edition of WWE 2K24. What, what was that process like of, of being pitched the idea of, you know, doing the art? And then how do you go about deciding on the final final look of it? Because it's it's fire. Well, thank you. It was a, it is a, a labor of love, you know, as most things are these days for anything you're doing in your work, but because it, it was a long process, but it was cool. It the way things oh, work oh, for me, and oh, you know, he said how it. I found myself doing Barley so much wrestling it. work over these years is a whole story, but <laughs> to like kind of bring Sweet. it to where we were today or with this project, you know, the beginning is just goodwill with WWE and a good relationship with a historic relationship of making art with their, their, I mean, just to get business about it with their IP. And then, you know, 2K saying, Hey, this is something special we want to do. We think you might be the right person for it. And then the conversation just start. They, um, you know, once we settled that we were going to actually collaborate, it was really, really organic because you know, as you guys you know, being fans, it's clearly easier to podcast about something you care about, something you love, something you follow, yeah. you follow in your daily life anyway. For me, making art, you know, about wrestling, 
highlighting wrestling, doing things with wrestling is like, it's, it's easier because I love it. And so that was a huge uh, piece to that puzzle. So we're talking about, Hey, you know, they're saying like, you know, clearly they have the, 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 the vision and they're talking about what they want to accomplish with this cover art. They want to capture the history of WrestleMania, but not just feel like it's yesteryear. And so then that's where my, I get to come in and say, Hey, this is great. You guys have these thoughts about who to include. And here's, if we include this person, what if we put them in, you know, this gear, because that was from WrestleMania XYZ. Um, and then they're, they're like, Oh my gosh, this is perfect. That was a great idea. And they can match up with this, you know, kind of bounce off the, you know, if it was like, um, well, let's say it was, it was Charlotte, you know, it was very like, let's get her in the, in the gear. I'm going to forget which number it was. Um, but when they had the triple main event or the three way main event for the women, you know, get her in yeah. that. That was important to like, it's my, it's small, maybe details like that, but it's things that fans will love hopefully or notice or recognize. And so that was the, the nice back and forth. And then it was, you know, settling on composition and, and, and who, who's the biggest, you know, this is the funniest part is who's going to be the largest on the cover because right. it's not about That's- that person, but we still need it. You need the like, visual hierarchy. So it was a tricky balance because when it started, I don't know if I'm, give, if I'm allowed to give away things or not, but Roman was much larger. Oh, um, okay. But, but he didn't downsize because of any downgrading. It was just like, we don't, you know, it's just the balance of, we don't want this to feel like a Roman cover. Sure. In, we want him to be important, but we want everybody to be important. So, um, yeah. So it's, and that's sort of how the process goes until then I get to say, great. Now, we're going to leave each other alone for four, for like three weeks while I paint. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'll be back to you later. You know, for that uh, cover, was there anybody who didn't make the cut that you wanted on there? Maybe that's something you can give away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll say people who I personally would want on there. I mean, the the list is forever because it's just probably be, you know, I'll always love painting Rey Mysterio and his mask. And he's also just, I mean, everyone seen is the nicest, but he is the nicest guy. I have had the pleasure of meeting him. So it's like just always fun to get to work with his aesthetic. Um, you know, it's funny because every time I do anything WWE related, whether it's a poster or Mattel or uh, packaging for the, the elite 100 or this, everybody's got an opinion about why isn't so-and-so on it? Why isn't so-and-so on it? Or why aren't this person included? And a lot of it, honestly, it comes down to how, who, who has rights deals. So right. some wrestlers mm-hmm. that we desperately wanted to get on, but uh, you know, name and likeness isn't allowed or whatever. So it's just funny things like that. So if there's, if, if someone you think maybe should have been included, it may be because of those things. So, you know, that's backside stuff um, that I'm completely out of touch with in the sense of I have nothing to do with it. They just tell me who we are and we aren't allowed to show. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, there's always how, how I wish I could have gotten them in. How close were you to adding Dominic Mysterio? <laughs> could I, could, <laughs> did he make the cut? <laughs> so the original version had him, the Lord, like I said, Roman, but I lied. Actually, Dom was, <laughs> it was, Dom, was yeah. a full judgment day, a full judgment day. Listen, I am a, uh, our truth, right? stand, so I was like, where, where's mommy here? Although she got her own cover with Bianca. So that's a whole different thing. But yeah, actually here's a little behind this. I did get to paint Rhea. Um, and that'll oh, be really? probably used for like just some social media promotions. Uh, so yeah, I still got that and that was fun. Um, but yeah, nah, Dom somehow got left on the cutting room floor. I don't know. Yeah, maybe know. next year. <laughs> 2K25? Yeah. All right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Move over, Cody Rhodes. <laughs> yeah. Dom story now. Dom story. Somebody, somebody else is going to finish this exactly. story. Yeah. Well, I, it's fun. I, I saw, I remember the day it dropped, I saw the image but it wasn't on your page. So I had to go to Bartlett studio and say, it's, it looked yeah. familiar. So I shared it on my IG and I forget, I went, to, I was doing other stuff that day. And I think it was, shouts to Seahawk. I think it was Seahawks tweet that I saw with, with you and him. And he's like, and I'm like, wait, 
people thought this was AI. Like, I mean, I, I understand not everybody may not know who draws everything, but I was kind of, I, I, I totally missed that conversation completely. So I want to know from yeah. you, Bartlett, take us through your reaction. I guess, is there was there one thing in particular that you saw that, uh, you know, tipped you to this whole conversation going on about the cover may or may not being AI? And uh, I, I also want to know, what what your thought thoughts about that were, and as a bonus, how does it feel to see your name in the dirt <laughs> sheets? Like, have you read any of these articles about this this story and and and, and your comments about it? I didn't know that if if you're telling me that one of the one of the uh, the the sheets is is saying, hey, this was a thing that happened, and here's the artist saying he made it. I didn't even know that. Oh yeah, oh, Where, we'll send oh, it to yeah. you. Fightful, oh, Fightful had was it. Was it? Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's going around. Your your tweets were were, were making the mm-hmm. rounds, but which which I thought was good. I'm I'm glad they at least you know went to the source and say hey. But I, you know what what was your your initial thoughts about it when you first heard that uh that yeah, this conversation no, this, was going no. around? So so all right, let me break that this down for you guys. How how it came to from me from my perspective and everything. First of all, I um. Yeah. It seems like such a Twitter thing. I, I really, I don't use Twitter that much. I, I definitely look at it a plenty, but I don't actually, act, uh, I'm not active on it and uh, tweeting and writing, but I keep an eye on it for mostly business purposes. Um, but I'm mostly focused on Instagram for my communication, interaction with fans and friends and whatever. And so on Instagram, it never happens like that because it's sourced to me. It's like, hey, here I am and here's my art. On Twitter, it's, it's you know, as you know, it's just this nebulous space of, of, of voices. And so I, I don't know where, how it all began, but eventually some, somebody um, made a post and either tagged, no, didn't tag. And then, and then somebody tagged me and said, no, it's not them, or no, it's not AI, it's Jonathan Bartlett. And that's how I saw it in my mentions. And then I, my oh, reaction wow. to that is very um, visceral because I'm a human and I make my art and I think AI in, in, in anything really, but like in, in visual art is very dangerous and very not good, especially where it's at right now. And I don't support it and all this stuff. And so then when I'm, your name gets like wrapped into like, that or or the art that you make is like wrapped into that. It's very I'm very defensive very quickly. So I was very fast to fire off like no 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 this is me. And then it was it was incredible to see the the nuances of people breaking down the art to like pointing out the evidence and um and like it's just crazy like I get AI screws up hands. So I understand why people are focused on hands. Everybody's focused on Austin's fists. And it's like and honestly, it's kind of funny because as a creator, I'm like, man, you know what? I probably made the shadow a little too dark on that pointer finger. And so it looks like there's no <laughs> pointer finger. And you know what? Maybe I should have done that a little, a little better. But like, geez, it's there. Like, it's there. And then it just, the whole thing took off. And honestly, at, at a certain point, I'm just like, I'll let other people debate this because like I said my piece. I'm not here to like lose sleep over, over these people. And also what I would say about it and found fascinating, like, no one said that when I did Mattel Elite's 100 packaging. No, which is like, and I'm saying calling that out in terms of like pretty large exposure outside of the, the my I, my collector circle or the fans of WWE that shop my posters. Right. I find it very much like it's video game culture. Probably people that are much more online and not in a bad way necessarily. I'm not saying that, but just like more tuned into these little nuances and the AI and this, that, the other, and so it became like. Yeah, I feel like it was a very subset of people who uh, kind of jumped to that conclusion. Um, honestly, at the end of it, I would say, like, I don't want to say I'm flattered because you thought, I think AR, AI art looks bad. So I don't want to say, like, I'm fine. You thought right. it was so good it was fake. But, like, I don't think yeah. AR looks good, but... I don't know. I've been doing it the same way for many years. And so I just kind of, at this point, I'm moving on from that. Um, it was a blip on my radar at the end of the day. And everything has been really supportive and exciting about the cover. And people have been coming left and right with, with their encouragement. Like, 
enjoying it. And that's what makes it, um, you know, that's the stuff that I really focus on. So, yeah. Love it. Yeah, Jonathan, uh, yesterday uh, you talked about your posters and you dropped a moment, one of my favorite moments of yeah. WrestleMania 9. And when I seen it, I said, okay, that's definitely going in my house um, <laughs> because, you know, I'm like in a minority. Uh, it's still one of the greatest WrestleManias ever. My question to you, has there ever been a time that you were like commissioned a moment to do and for some artwork and then you looked at it afterward and you looked at the moment differently based on the artwork that you produce? That's a great question. Um, if I want to keep that, you know, keep, keep it in, in the, in the wrestling world. And, um, but that certainly happens for like, you know, I do, I do lots of other stuff. I work for a lot of different clients, a lot of sports stuff, a lot of advertising stuff. And like, it definitely happens. But in terms of wrestling, I would say, yeah, honestly, to give a kind of a broad answer, this series that we call legendary moments is now in its fourth year. We're actually sort of in the fourth year this year. We're releasing them a little different. And so we'll be doing series five right before WrestleMania. So in a couple of months, I get to get to work like tonight. Um, <laughs> we've been doing it for four years. And so I'm like, I'm a fan, but like, come on, I don't remember everything. I don't know. Like I'm not a historian. And so it's given me this long-term appreciation for really all of them. Because you go to, I'm researching, I'm re-researching, I'm re-watching matches. I'm remembering, oh, like, and then when you get into the stuff when you hit where I was, the, the, you know, I was watching as a fan, like, it's bringing up memories and what that meant to me and what it meant to my friends. And so it's almost like every single time I do one of these, I, re I gain a new perspective and a new appreciation for the talent, the moment what must have been happening or going through their minds or, or what it meant to the company at that time, you know, so all of it really, it's, it's pretty, it's been really cool. It's been a cool journey um, in that sense. That's dope. That's dope. I, uh, gosh, I, I, I want more stuff from Jonathan Bartlett in my house. I got to figure out how to, uh, Get, I need. I need. Mm, we may need to have a DM after. <laughs> yeah, big, we have to get to put a big one right behind your head. There, I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying what you. You know, the funny thing is, is like, is it going to be too cold, Scorpio? <laughs> is it going to hell? Ice train just passed. I'd love an ice. Anyway, we'll, we'll we'll talk <laughs> offline. But you know, we we and we have to finish the show. But before we get out of here, I want to ask you. Tonight is Wednesday. You know, we're we're in between. NXT and AEW Dynamite. And I'm wondering from you, Mr. Bartlett, is there anything from one of those shows that really has your interest right now? And if so, what is it? Okay. I have been very busy. So most of my, my wrestling consumption for the past month has been reading as less, less watching and more reading. <laughs> so I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm totally up and on expert, but what I would say is that he's not like everything Carmelo Hayes is doing is just like I like anytime I see his name pop up I'm tapping in because I want to know how far this is going to go it's going to go forever and so really like that's I'll say so speaking to NXT just like his presence and and what he's been able to accomplish in general but then like now like come on he's got to be in the rumble and like just seeing how NXT yeah. as a whole really is like firing on all cylinders in my opinion it's like a it's a show that you don't want to miss even if for me if it's just like let me make sure i i'm going to watch all the highlights and i'm going to read about it um whereas I, two years ago i wasn't saying that you know maybe in that transition period between black right. and gold and whatever um yeah i just wasn't so it's really it's NXT as a whole now just to be able to get a line in about aew before we, we tap out here um I think AEW is, is awesome, and but it's been such a fascinating to watch it from the beginning and how it like and this is any I'll say any company that starts like the ups and downs, the fluctuations, and right and currently it it doesn't hold my attention, and that's not a knock on anything that's going on. There's definitely people like wrestlers there that I'm like oh, I want to see everything Ricky Starks is doing. I want to see everything, you know, Will Ospreay will do. I want to, you know, there's stuff, a lot of the women's stuff I'm really hyped about over there. But as a whole, I tend to kind of forget, I, I feel like I'm forgetting 
to go back and check in as much in the past couple of months. Um, but you know, mm-hmm. that's what happens growing pains and whatnot. And WWE goes through it too. It's just right now they're just firing, man. You know, <laughs> so it is, it is a great time to be a yeah. WWE fan. I'm not going to absolutely. Yeah. And, and before we let you go, any, any rumble predictions or takes you want to get off your chest uh, on the way out? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I want to see, I wanted them to bring back the double, I don't know, foot drop punk Cody over the rope at the same time. Better, same than time. Brian. <laughs> Better not mess this up, boys. <laughs> and then right. it's like, who? No, me. No, you. And then I want Triple H to run down and maybe he blows out both quads. No, don't do that. Don't Again. Do that. <laughs> it is like, no, but I no, I'm excited. This is what you I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys were talking about this earlier on the show, but like it's a spoils of riches right now. And like any we know it'll probably be one of two well, obviously one of but one of two or three people, but like you can kind of suspend and this is what I love about the rumble. I'm able to suspend disbelief or sus for that period and say you know what gunther could win this again you know what maybe drew could win this again maybe you know certainly punk or coach so it's kind of fun like hey la knight might win he probably won't but in those moments you're like f it i'm gonna pretend like he might because he actually could because he's material you know oh about la knight poster dropping anytime now by the way we just finished that oh hello (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i think he's gonna be signing them yeah um so anyway, actually, yeah, um, yeah. On the tip, there's a lot more stuff coming out, man. Set your calendars to three sixteen twenty four. I'm not saying what happens on three sixteen, but there's gonna be some work dropping. But anyway, I'm, I'm, I digress. Okay. Okay. Well, there's what a, what a tease on the way out from uh, from our guy Jonathan Barlett. Again, please check out everything that he's doing, Barlett. Where, where can the people find you in your incredible work? Yeah, um, you can find me um, preferably on Instagram, not Twitter, as I, I don't really like to use dabble in the, the, the melting pot of that. But um, Bartlett Studio is my handle. You guys can find me there. I post about all my, if we're talking wrestling, it's, uh, it's all my work, but I'll post about all new drops. And there is a newsletter you can subscribe to, but you know, you'll find that organically. I don't even know what it's like, Substack, uh, Jonathan, versus, I don't even know what it is. I subscribe. But, um, it's great. You should do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Me thank too. You. And um, lastly, if you if you're like, hey, what's this guy do? Let me see the whole thing. I I have strongstyleart.com is where I collect all the wrestling stuff. So I separate it away so you can kind of get the whole gallery of it all. Um, and that's where it is. Otherwise, look at all the Ringer stuff, all the Ringer wrestling article stories. Beautiful thing from Brian. Drop one today. Congrats, buddy. You know. Thank you. Thank we, you. Uh, Appreciate I make most of the art for that stuff too. So. Uh, it's everywhere oh yeah there we go yeah yeah tomorrow should be good day i think the ultimate ultimate tease ultimate tease here well everyone needs more wrestling art in their house i think just everyone can agree on that especially if you're listening to this pod you're probably looking at your walls right now so go check out our guy jonathan bartlett's stuff bartlett thank you again for hopping on with us we will see you in your backyard for mania 40 uh thanks again man course right around the corner you guys all are welcome in the new house (laughs) we'll see you there all right all right before we get out of here let's hit on last night's nxt and tonight's upcoming dynamite we each pick the biggest thing that stood out to us from nxt we'll talk about one more in depth brian (laughs) kick things off for us what was your biggest nxt takeaway her father broke headlines yesterday for obvious reasons but ava rain getting the official keys to the kingdom by one himself, William Regal. Uh, Sir William Regal? Yes. (laughs) So just uh, that happened. And then the way she took control during the Mm. contract signing, it it was like, when it's time for her to mix it up with these ladies, it's going to be so believable. But it's like, she's... it, for the first time, it seems like all the general managers across the board can go and get their hands dirty if they need to. There we go. Look at that. Look at Brian Fantasy Book and GM did the <laughs> matches. Uh, all right, Cal, <laughs> what do you have from NXT? I like the fact that last week, Obafemi said, um, the, 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 the shop's closed. You're not getting no, no, no match. And then stood there and watched Dragon Lee have a 
Scripps had a nice little match with Scripps on, on TV. It was like, you know what? I'll give you the match. I don't know. There's something about the way Obafemi is his presence on screen. I'm captivated. I don't. I'm, I, was, I, I still haven't figured him out yet, but I, I like. I like that he says we're gonna do this when I say we're gonna do it. Yeah, a little prove yourself match. He just wanted. Facts. He wanted uh, Dragon Lee to prove himself. There's nothing wrong like with that. It. You know, we're not handed anything in this business. at all. <laughs> at all. Uh, I had Braun Breaker and Corbin. Uh, their tag match against Axiom and Nathan Frazier. Just a banger. It was it was one of those styles of matches where the styles of each wrestler just kind of fit each other, right? It's like a WWE 2K GM mode match where just like the styles meshed perfectly. Uh, right. And that's what kind of created... I mean, that was a great way to start the show. Great. Obviously, Braun and Baron are, are in the finals, the, the Dusty Classic. and They might have something there. They're they're funny. They're they're a nice little team. I'm, I'm, I'm digging I, it. I, I like I like that that group of the, those two. That's what Braun needed. He needed somebody to 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 really. Uh, I get. I, I don't know. Would he be the straight? I guess he would be the straight man standing next to Baron Corbin. But yeah. uh, he needed somebody to bounce off of. And, and I like what I like this this little dynamic. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, looking at tonight's AEW Dynamite, it's the one thing you're looking forward to most, Cal. What do you got? Uh, I think I'm gonna go with the AEW World Trios title match. Uh, Mogul Embassy lost his shouts to Khan. He was he was kicking ass and still you know had to eat a pin. But uh, that was for the ROH yeah. Trios titles. I I want to see him get some more gold, some new gold. Let's go. Okay, okay, Brian, what do you got, gentlemen? I'm gonna have a different perspective. I've been very critical of the rated R superstar Adam Cole's run of AEW. But you know what? I'm going to enjoy it the way he's enjoying it. And just look at it for the in-ring graps of it all. The matches. So his match with Minoru Suzuki, I'm looking forward to that. Because, you know, it's a match I wouldn't have got if he was in WWE. So I'm going to look forward to that match. Question. Is this part of the? I saw on uh, Collision he was mm-hmm. doing matches, and they were calling it the Cope Open. Is this part of the Cope Open? From my knowledge, that's what I thought I saw on social media. Okay, I did. I, I saw. I didn't see it confirmed, and I saw a graphic, and it didn't say it didn't. I don't know if Cope Open is a thing that they're putting on the graphic, but I I like that terminology. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I hope they. I hope they do start um, like branding it as Brand this it. more so. I need some yeah. graphics. It's some T-shirts. Uh, it's not as bi- not as good as the Big Meat Classic. I'll just no, say that. Yeah, no, yeah. Come, come on, <laughs> come on. It's a, it's a far number two. You know, it's not drop, crazy. steep drop off. <laughs> steep drop off uh, from there. I also had uh, Adam Copeland and uh, Minoru Suzuki. This, this match should be a banger. You know, Adam tweeted. You know, or said I forgot where he put this out there, but you know, everyone's gonna have to grit their teeth uh, through this match because it should be a banger. I also when I was deciding what I was looking forward to most. I did write down Edge. I'm just going to expose myself a little you know. bit. Hit me hit me with the siren. There it is. And on that note, that is how you do Wednesday. Uh, be sure to check out our other Ringer Wrestling Show offerings because we are coming to you every single day of the week. We've got the Masked Man Show with David Shoemaker and Kaz on Mondays and Thursdays. We've got Cheap Heat on Tuesdays and Fridays with Peter Rosenberg, Stack Guy Greg, and Dip. And you'll find Wednesday Worldwide smack dab in the middle on, of course, Wednesdays. If you're not already, be sure to follow us, subscribe, and hit us with those five-star ratings here on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed. Also, be sure to check out the newest piece on TheRinger.com, written by our very own Cal Davenport, which touches on uh, WWE's massive new deal with Netflix. So, Cal, anything anything you want to say about the piece without completely Uh, spoiling it? I, I I was not expecting to wake up and see The Rock being added to the TKO group board of directors, and then a half hour later learning that uh, Netflix was shelling out five billion dollars to the WWE for the rights to Raw. But uh, yeah, and any questions that you have about that, whether it's uh, you know what's supposed to be happening at the end of this year. Uh, what does it mean for the content library? What does it mean for Peacock? You know, I uh, I didn't answer everything, but I tried to uh, try to try my best. There we go. Uh, be sure to check that out. It's linked in the description of this episode. Cal, Brian, tell the people where they can find you on the socials. I'm at Cal on Twitter, at Cal Dub on Instagram, threads, and TikTok. But it's not about me. 
It's about us. Brian H. Waters, where can they find you and where can they find Ring of Wrestling? And actually, before you say that, there's another piece that went up because <laughs> of Brian H. Waters is uh his look at Rumble ma- Rumble Royal Rumble matches that were like the title matches that would happen at the Royal Rumbles. Uh, it's another mixtape. It's dope. It went up this morning. So you could maybe we can link that down as well. We, you should check that out too. Brian. Two pieces. Yeah. Two pieces by Hollywood and from, from Wednesday Worldwide in general. Look at that. <laughs> Yeah, very excited. Y'all check that out. Uh, some of the world title matches that happened because we always talk about the Royal Rumble match. There's been a lot of bangers on one I'll just throw out there right now. Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar and John Cena. To me, the match that made Seth yep. Rollins and, you know, really made us see him as a world champion. Uh, but uh, make sure y'all check that out. Also, I'll be at the Royal Rumble. So y'all know the deal. Bring me your best worldwides. And, you know, we'll throw it on the TikTok for Cal. Um, so if you see me in person, I'm gonna be a couple of events around there. If you know, you know, I'll be I'll be there. So um make sure y'all check, you know, come holler at me. I say hi, you know, I speak. But um follow us at Ring of Wrestling on all social media platforms. You you know, follow me at Brian H. Wars, but follow Ring of Wrestling. We got some really cool stuff. We got some uh clips from the show on TikTok. We've been, you know, kind of putting extended pieces out there and then a couple exclusives. I just dropped a piece about the Iron Sheik being the most important transitional champion. We all know 40th anniversary of Hulk Hogan, but without the Iron Sheik, there's no Hulk Hogan. I'm just saying. There you go. So so make sure y'all check that out. We got some other stuff cooking for y'all there. Uh, Make sure you check us out on threads and Instagram and Twitter, all at Ringer Wrestling. There it is. You can follow me at Cruise Control, Twitter, Instagram, Threads. But again, most importantly, at Ring of Wrestling, Twitter, Instagram, Threads, TikTok. We're all over the place. Come find us. Uh, And thank you very much to Brian Hollywood Waters for producing this episode, making us sound better than we should. Gentlemen, thank you as always for the Graps Chats. Everyone else, we will catch you next week. Worldwide. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.